Welcome to Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management, where we encourage you to invest in what you love. Ellis Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm focused on planning, advice, coaching, and investment management. We are dedicated to the families we serve, and we encourage you to invest in what you love. Within Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on sharing, and developing human capital. Well, all right. What a great, great day it is in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. And we are in the month of December, and we are we're coming to the end of our Family Wealth Series with Jim Bergeron and Brian Beret. Good morning, guys. How are you? Really good. How are you doing today, Paul? Oh, gosh. It's the season. It's getting busy. <laughs> It is. Yeah, there there is a lot going on. All of it really good. But at the end of the day, I, I agree with you. I mean, that this is that time of the year in which there is absolutely that hustle and the bustle that goes along with it. And so good time of year, but also recognize that we're approaching that time in which it's a great opportunity to maybe take that step back and reflect on on the year overall. That's a part of what we'll do today. Excellent. Brian, how are you today? Doing well. Sharing the uh, the same sentiment as Jim there. It's, it's crazy how fast the end of the year always approaches. And here we are in another uh, holiday season approaching the end of the year quick. Well, it's got to be beautiful in Colorado with the snow on the mountains, the chill in the air, and the the streets getting lined up with uh, with lights and festivities. So I'm a little bit jealous. I'm a little bit jealous. Might have to make a trip. <laughs> Always a great time of year here in Colorado. So beautiful, beautiful. Absolutely. Well, listen, we've had a wonderful a wonderful time over this past six months. We've had different sessions. We t- we've discussed what is wealth, what is legacy. We talked about the four corner documents, your will, your power of attorney, medical directives, living will. We've even talked about letters of intent and who gets what, why that's important. We discussed what the family GPS could be like and setting up that family value statement. Very similar to Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean had that magic compass that pointed not to true north, but to what was most important. And then we discussed how to educate family members. What is education? And then we talked about the legal ladder last time, understanding there's different ways of engaging an attorney. And Jim, you're an attorney, and and you and I both agree if a person can sit down face-to-face with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and work things through taking all of the other components that we had shared previously into that meeting, sitting down. It's the way that I I would like to do it best, but there are people who want to do things online or a hybrid where it's uh, face-to-face but online. But nonetheless, having professional assistance in putting together their documents. And today we, we just want to have a conversation about what we've learned, kind of look back 
and then maybe and then maybe share a few things that people can take with them throughout the rest of this year. Does that sound good to you guys? Yeah, it really does. Paul, at the end of the day, I think you, you've hit it exactly right. You know, we started this series with a goal in mind. And that goal was to talk about the fact that a wealth and wealth transfer plan on its own may not necessarily meet your family's needs. And what's really important is to include with that plan, the strategy that goes along with it. And that's how we started to divide up these sessions. And along the way, we provided not only a sense for what do we mean by things like the family GPS unit or that guiding principle statement, but we shared a couple of examples. Uh, and I think pulling that together today and then maybe sharing a few thoughts as we get closer and closer to year end, a few things that maybe even in laundry list format, clients can take away from not only the series, but today's session and how they start to apply some of those concepts directly. It's been a great series so far. And as I've said from the outset, Paul, I really appreciate you setting this up and being a part of it. Well, thank you. Thank you. I've taken copious notes along the way. This has been, this has been wonderful. So let's talk about last minute objective planning that individuals may have. It's the end of the year. They're running around getting last-minute shopping done, and they've been listening. They've been following along, but there may be some things that they should think about while there's still time for this year and that they can still still get done. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does to me, Paul. And I think maybe part of what would be helpful again for our listeners is given the fact that we've got three individuals that I'm putting this on between do Paul hosting and providing some of that main content and me supplementing that and even Brian's thoughts around how some of these things fit in. What might make sense is maybe doing a little bit of an around the horn. Some of our thoughts around year end planning and some of those opportunities, but tied into the series. And if you're okay with it, Paul, I'll maybe start with a couple of thoughts that I've got. Maybe some of those that rise to the top of my top 10 list. Uh, and then I'll pause and give you and Brian a chance to share a couple of your thoughts as well. And we'll just go around the horn that way. Does that sound okay? Well, that sounds terrific. Let's begin. Well, you know, let's start with this notion that when we initiated this conversation, this series, we started to talk about the idea that wealth and a wealth transition strategy includes the plan itself. And that plan consisting of those four corner documents. And if you haven't had a chance to yet, Go back in this series and listen to our second session where we talked about the four corner documents. And that'll give you a really good overview of why we think that things like having that valid will and a revocable trust in place, powers of attorney for medical financial purposes, a living will, what those are and how to maybe start to think about them. But at year end, a good opportunity to take that maybe to that next step is if they're already in place or if you've had a chance to draft them. Go back and review your beneficiary designations and make sure that they are consistent with that four-corner document. When I talk about beneficiary designations, I'm talking about things like, for instance, beneficiary designations on retirement plans, employer plans, for instance, or IRA-related assets. If you own life insurance, 
the beneficiary of those benefits that are going to accrue at potentially your passing or the passing of you and your spouse. But part of what we want to do is to make sure that those beneficiary designations align with the goals of that four corner plan. And that's part of building an effective strategy. So that would be item number one, maybe on my list. And then item number two on my list before uh, I pause and give you guys a chance to weigh in, that we talked a bit about charitable giving. And at the end of the day, really what it is, an extension of your values. And when we went through, for instance, in our third session, building your GPS unit, where we define what that guiding principle statement can include, and maybe some examples of that, part of what we talked about is identifying your family's values. Now, we have some time between now and year end. The window is starting to close a little bit. But that said, understand that the reason why we use year end as a time marker is as it relates maybe to our tax returns. Anything that we do this year for charitable giving purposes will very well have an impact on next year's tax return, the tax return that we file next year for this tax year. And so when you're thinking about that, maybe review again what we talked about in that third session, but understand that charitable giving can be accomplished in a number, number of different fashions. You can make those gifts outright in the form of cash, perfectly acceptable. Maybe even a better alternative is if you have some appreciated assets and you're considering some charitable giving, utilizing those appreciated assets. And the reason for that is you get that full fair market value income tax deduction as appropriate on your tax return. But at the same time, you don't have to worry about paying that capital gains tax on those assets. So you're avoiding a potential tax as well as getting an income tax deduction really beneficial. And then if you recall, when we talked in those sessions about building your family's guiding principle statement, part of what we started to apply that to was this concept of a charitable warehouse that you can build on your own. The idea of something called a donor advised fund. And really at the end of the day, it's a fairly simple structure, but it allows you to engage your family members, younger generations for that matter, in this charitable giving dialogue, setting that structure up and having that be the receptacle for your gifts, even as we start to approach year end here, absolutely great opportunity. And again, we talked a bit about this as we went through those first few sessions and we started to apply it in our fourth session where we talked about some of the educational opportunities in a family wealth education plan and a donor advised fund was central to some of those conversations. So those are a couple of things that rise to the top of my list, Paul. Jim, those are great ideas. Brian, what's on your list? Yeah, no, a few thoughts. And I think Jim makes some really good points around charitable giving and, and the way it ties into the family compass and, and you know, what's important. Some, something that I have been thinking about and kind of tying into that year-end giving is, you know, outside of charitable giving, you know, things that could matter such as a 529 plan. In my case, maybe, you know, giving to a niece or a nephew, or if you have a, a younger family member that going to college could be important. So 
you know, in the spirit of charitable giving, but, you know, something that, that kind of falls within your own family plan and, and kind of thinking about those priorities. So thinking about the 529 plan, I know it's something that I've been talking to a lot of clients about this year and especially towards the end of the year. So that, that's right there towards the top of my list. Yeah, Brian, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I love that idea. It, it does dovetail rather nicely with our discussions around educating family members. And we know that there's a wealth education component as well as the more traditional educational pieces. And those 529 college savings accounts are great opportunities to do that. And what's more, their benefits have been expanded uh, as a part of some recent legislation. There now is the potential for individuals to set up these 529 plans. And to the extent that those assets in that plan are not completely and fully exhausted for educational benefits, there's the flexibility to roll some of those educational benefits over into a Roth IRA for that particular beneficiary. Now, I have to caveat that with the fact that, and Brian, you and I have talked about this a lot, that there are still a lot of questions around exactly how that needs to be done. And our federal government, Treasury Department will outline the answers to many of those questions over the course of the next six months. But the fact of the matter is, it might make sense for you as an individual or your family to talk about the ability to utilize 529 plans for a number of different opportunities that even go beyond educational benefits, maybe for some retirement benefits. Talk about that with your advisor directly. That's a great point, Brian. That's an excellent point, Brian. And adding the 529 plan as part of a retirement strategy is something I think people tend to to overlook. Uh, do, can you flesh that out just a little bit? Sure. So I, I think traditionally, and again, just maybe even taking half a step back, a, a college education or savings account, a 529 plan, as they're sometimes referred to, is really just a tax advantage way of providing educational benefits. You can put money into the plan. And the fact of the matter is you can do so rather effectively, and it can be designated for individuals in your family children, maybe even grandchildren. And to the extent that those assets are used for educational benefits, they come out essentially tax-free. So it operates somewhat similarly to a, a retirement plan, but purely for educational benefits. And within the last 12 months, 18 months or so, there's been some expansion of the benefits. And that's part of what Paul's referring to is that traditionally 529 plans, to the extent that they were used for educational purposes and educational benefits, the money came out tax-free. If you didn't need all of that money, let's say, for instance, that you have a child or a grandchild that is earning merit scholarships, and a significant portion of their educational benefits are being paid for. Well, they may not need all of what's available to them in their 529 plan to fund their educational purposes. Historically, that meant that they could take the money out, but to the extent that they didn't use it for educational purposes, there was some tax and some cost associated with removing those assets from that 529 plan. Not necessarily a reason not to do it, but just something to be aware of. Well, what's happened here recently is that we've now been given the chance for those unused benefits 
to be rolled over into a Roth IRA for that beneficiary, providing some retirement benefits for them. It's a great opportunity, but there are some rules associated with it. The first and maybe foremost is that that 529 plan has to have been in existence for at least 15 years prior to that rollover to that Roth IRA account happening, which means that if you haven't yet established a 529 plan, perhaps there's an opportunity to maybe do so and seed it, even with maybe a smaller amount of assets initially, just to start that clock running. And then when that conversion happens down the road, there are some rules around how much can be converted in a particular year and the total amount that can be converted. But at the end of the day, it's a great opportunity to in turn backstop the benefits of using this educational plan. And even to the extent that there are assets left over into it, allowing them to be rolled over into that retirement Roth account for that particular beneficiary. Does that make sense, Paul? Terrific. Absolutely terrific. Well, I've got a couple as well. The holidays are a great time to get together with the family and have conversations. Sometimes people play games or watch movies. And there's a game that I really like. It's called the Ungame. And it's designed to foster communication between the players. There's a number of questions and people have an opportunity to share their heart and their thoughts on different topics. And we know that communication really is the lifeblood which fosters movement around these different areas that we've talked about. And as we want to make sure that an estate is set up correctly, we also know it's really important to communicate the intent and the wishes that go along with the legal components. And so a game like the Ungame is a terrific and yet subtle way to foster communication, share your ideas, and may provide for opportunities to have additional discussions later. So the end game is something that can be picked up at uh, on Amazon or different stores where they may have board games, and it can provide a great opportunity. So that's one item that I, I would suggest adding uh, to the list. The other, kind of piggybacking along with what you and share, Jim and, and Brian, is possibly setting up another account and just calling it a charitable account. So it could be called the the John and Jane Smith charitable account, for example. And just setting up that account, seeding it with some funds or appreciable assets could be the beginning of also passing on assets in a donor-advised fashion. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Uh, For a number of different reasons. Again, the idea is twofold. Both of the concepts that, that you mentioned, Paul. One, communication, and I absolutely believe that's one of our greatest opportunities, both within families and then communicating with the family's advisors, those professionals that are helping to put that strategy in place. And that includes, for instance, this notion of how we might take advantage of some of these concepts, charitable giving, for instance, utilizing different vehicles for that. And it can be fairly simple. 
in terms of structure that provides the avenue and the visibility for us to utilize those assets. And it might be in just even just a traditional, more individualized account structure or perhaps in a vehicle. But it absolutely makes sense to me. And during this time where one is communicating with their family or sharing things, it could be an excellent opportunity to once again review legacy, review your definition of legacy. Your legacy, most likely, is sitting around the table with you. Here's a question. For those that feel like they might be behind the eight ball or that these items seem to be challenging, Jim, what would you share as a thought or a mindset thought to help them get started? We know that any endeavor begins with the first few steps. And for those of us in this field, these steps may not seem too large or insurmountable because we deal with this on a daily basis. But for those who have been listening to us and want to begin, they still might have some apprehension. So what's a good thought for them to get started? Really good question, Paul. And at the end of the day, we get off, uh, oftentimes asked, so if I don't know where to start, where do you suggest I start? Uh, and I would say, again, this notion of building the strategy, incredibly important, but that can be a lot. And so where I'll oftentimes start is in simplifying the conversation. And it may be as simple as if you don't have a current will in place, make that your first step. We can go back, review, update, and tweak that will structure over time. But what I'm a bit uneasy about are individuals that would suggest that, yeah, okay, let's try and get a lot of these things put in place first and then write our will. Unfortunately, none of us have that crystal ball. And so I would rather you have a document that approximates your overall goals and objectives in hand, written by you, or in combination with a professional advisor, and then we'll work from there. So the first step, if you don't have a will, let's put one in place. Let's get one drafted so that it at least takes care of the what-if scenario. What if something were to happen in the near term? Then the next step beyond that, that's where I'd start to maybe shift some of that focus to starting to identify together what are the values that you find important in your family? What are the things that really drive who you are? Because that will help us then put in place some of those documents and pieces that turn the plan into a strategy. But I would suggest starting with a will. What do you think, Paul? I think that that's terrific. Everything will be built off of that, and you can always amend or change a will but at least you have that document as a starting point, and that can indeed really assist in taking the additional steps. Well, at this point, I'd like to remind everyone that Nuveen is working with Ellis Wealth Management for this podcast, but there's some components that Nuveen wants to make sure that everyone understands. Would you be willing to share that again? Sure, we'll do so here. This material is not intended to be a recommendation or investment advice, and it doesn't constitute a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold a security or an investment strategy, and is not provided in a fiduciary capacity. The information provided does not take into account specifics 
or objectives or circumstances of any particular individual or family or suggest any specific course of action. Investment decisions should be made based on your individual objectives and circumstances and in consultation with your advisors. The views and opinions expressed here are for informational and educational purposes only as of the date of the production and may change without notice at any time based upon numerous factors such as market or other conditions. Additional risks and uncertainties may not come to pass, and so as a result, you have to consider these as informational discussions directly. Nuveen does not provide uh, legal or tax-based information. Nuveen provides investment advisory solutions through its investment specialists. Well, listen, I had the opportunity the other evening to have a conversation with my wife, and she shared a quote with me, and I thought it was very apropos as we wrap up our conversation on this family wealth series regarding legacy, regarding education, and really passing on not only assets, but our values. And this was a quote that my wife shared with me, and it's from Winston Churchill. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. During this time of year where we celebrate life and we celebrate family, I thought that that would be a terrific thought to move forward with, that we indeed make a life by what we give. Jim, Brian, I want to thank you for your time. This has been absolutely terrific. If anyone has any questions, they can get in touch with me and we can share with them the resources that you have so generously provided. They can go back and listen to the series and share the series with others that are along this same journey. I want to thank each of you for what you've given, not only to our listeners, but to me personally. Thank you so much. I truly, truly am blessed. Thank you. Paul, I'll give Brian a chance here as well in a minute. I'm sure he'll probably uh, share some additional thoughts along these lines, but this has been a wonderful opportunity. Uh, and it's it's made somewhat easy in the fact that he outlined all of it for us at the outset. And at the end of the day, all we had to do was just show up uh, and talk to some of these concepts. I really do hope that that your clients understand and are taking advantage of this. Is This is not something that we see being done very often in our industry. You're at the forefront in doing that. A lot of people do podcasts, but not as a part of the face to the field, what they provide to their clients and prospective clients. It's been a fun thing to be a part of. And so I'm appreciative. I've learned a lot along the way. Uh, I've learned where I need to distill some thoughts even a little bit more as well. But uh, at the end of the day, this has been a great opportunity for us. And so from my standpoint, I very much appreciate it. And as we move through the rest of this year, I, I wish you all the very best that the holidays bring, the time to reflect, to focus on what we've been blessed with and what our blessings are going to be in 2024. And I appreciate being a part of this. So thanks. I'll let Brian close things out here for us. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that, Jim. I think first and foremost, as you mentioned, it, it's been fun. This was a, a new experience for me. Um, and I appreciate the both of you doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Paul, is, I think it was originally your idea to get the podcast put together. So 
you know, it all starts there. And, and uh, a lot of the knowledge that you brought has been just incredible to, to be a part of. And, and Jim, a whole different set of knowledge that you brought and really appreciate that. You know, the podcast is a great format. And I think something we've hit on a lot along the way is putting things into practice, a lot of good information. And I hope that a lot of the listeners can take this information, put it into practice and truly benefit from it. So appreciate both of you. Well, thank you. I've been blessed for both of you. And listen, like we always like to say, we want to encourage everyone to always invest in what you love.